3: They wrote a wire daily fantasy sports podcast sponsored by FanDuel. Who'd like to remind you to be sports rich. I'm Jake Litarsky, joined today first by Ben Miller. Uh, Please give Ben a follow on Twitter at Work. You can follow me at JakeSki52. Later on in the show, John McKechnie will be back with us to talk uh, some DFS football for Week 9 with a running back focus in particular. But we want to get some NBA work in here, and that's why we've got Ben Miller here, one of our NBA editors, who can uh, help you get together those DFS lineups for a pretty heavy slate on Tuesday night. Real quick reminder, if you happen to be listening to this podcast on iTunes, or Stitcher, and have a second to give us a quick five-star review or rating. Uh, it's very much appreciated. As always, we welcome any and all feedback here. Ben, we're going to kick things off with a little NBA talk. Welcome to the show here. Uh, but before, let's let's just break the ice with a little uh, little casual chat about uh, Halloween weekend. Any highlights of the Halloween weekend in Madison?
1: Well, I you know, I didn't get uh, too much done uh, Halloween Day yesterday. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the weekend was pretty pretty low key. Um, Saturday and it was actually, uh, you know, the funnest night. Went out and uh, enjoyed some drinks.
3: Did you enjoy uh,
1: Freak Fest on State Street, or did you st-
3: did you stay away from that fracas?
1: No, nah, we, we I prefer to stay away from that. That's for sure. I'm with um, you there
3: too. I, that was a freshman sophomore college thing for me, and then after that, it's uh, stick to other bars.
1: Yeah, it's more of like a one and done. You experience it, and after mm-hmm. that, it's you're kind of done with that. But yeah, it, it was for you know, it's one of those times of the year where it's only socially acceptable just this time of the year. You know, so I wore you know, it was. Uh, a robe out so a robe. Ooh, I'm I'm jealous. that yeah, yeah. was it
3: chilly or, or, or just it overall was very comfortable?
1: Surprisingly nice out. You know, gotta show off the hamburger meat chest hair I for like a little it. bit I there. Like it. Um you know, enjoy I mean when you get to sit in a bar with a robe. Have some drinks with your friends. I mean, you can't go wrong.
3: Yeah, dude, I, I gotta consider Hefner uh, costumes for future future seasons here, or just, just ogre or anything. I pulled off the Dexter Morgan look with the uh, you know with the leather gloves and stuff. At least I stayed warm, you know. Except right I kind of yeah. just kind of looked like a like a murdering individual here. But uh, <laughs> hey, you know, it's all about staying warm here. It's we actually had pretty good weather for Halloween weekend in Madison here. But all right, Halloween stuff aside here, let's get to tonight's NBA slate. It's a pretty high volume NBA slate. A lot of games going on. The one interesting thing is because of the World Series happening in Cleveland, of course, Cleveland uh, takes a three to two lead in the series uh, back home, putting them in a pretty good spot. But that's going to get all the attention. So we're bumping the NBA game up here between the Cavs and the Rockets here, getting bumped up to, I believe, six Eastern, five Central time. So very early lineup lock. uh, Keep an eye on those slates here. How does that game getting bumped up uh, on a whole affect uh, the decisions that DFS owners and lineup uh, assemblers, I guess, are going to have to make?
1: Yeah, yeah. Moving that game up, I think it definitely gives us the chance to see whether James Harden um, is expected to play before lineups locked. uh, Lineups lock, I should say. Mm -hmm. Um, He rolled the ankle late in Sunday's game against the Mavericks, I believe. Um, But he's considered probable, so you have to assume he's going to play. yeah, Harden, one of the top uh, fantasy guys overall. I mean, I, I got to watch him
3: a little bit in the first part of the season, just dishing out dimes, and he's such a dual threat. And he's the highest-priced player on FanDuel. I mean, a healthy Harden lives up to that, but overall, I mean, you, you, is he not quite 100% Harden, maybe doesn't live up to that?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of fading out. I'm a little bit, you know, fresh off an injury. Oh, yeah. um, he's going into a back-to-back set too. You know, today he's got the Cavaliers. Tomorrow with the Knicks. Um, mm-hmm. So you never know if Coach, you know, Mike D'Antoni, uh, you know, might have to keep his minutes low down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: yeah. So there's some negatives there. So okay. So let's say we're fading James Harden at eleven thousand two hundred. That means you're gonna have some money to work with here. Anybody
1: in particular uh, you like uh, to put that budget towards elsewhere? Um, I think there's a lot of value in some of these other elite guys, like LeBron James for ninety nine hundred, um, Steph Curry at eighty seven hundred. Um, you know, price-wise, James Harden and Anthony Davis are, are above mm-hmm. LeBron. Um, well, LeBron's yeah. still the same as Damian Lillard and DeMarcus exactly. Cousins,
3: it looks like. Now, LeBron shows up in the Rotowire NBA DFS Optimizer here. Uh, any particular reason? Is it, is it the matchup that's friendly? Has he been hot? He's getting his minutes? How, how, how is that uh, determined, I guess?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think you definitely love his matchup against the Rockets. Um, it's going to be an up-paced game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the Rockets gave up 120 points to the Lakers early this season. Oh, yeah. um, you know, they're definitely not prided on their defense, that's for sure. Um, so, yeah, I think that should, you know, allow James to get the opportunity Um, to get to the basket a bunch um, you know especially on the break too
3: yeah absolutely you also mentioned uh, Steph Curry is some of those guys that you like
1: Uh, I always one
3: of the first things I like to do when assembling an NBA DFS lineup just check the over-unders make sure I get myself a piece of the highest game and it looks like uh, Golden State at Portland is the highest over-under on the entire slate 227.5 you mentioned Curry uh, maybe starting him any other way you get a piece of this game
1: we got, I mean, Curry, we'll, we'll start with him for a real quick second here. Um, yeah, you know, 8,700. La- yeah, 8,700. I remember, you know, last season, uh, I- there was a very few times I feel like he was under ten thousand. I mean, now with Durant there, he's getting a piece yeah. of the action. Yeah, just um, like the,
3: uh, the the stats are spread out. Also, the uh, the Fanduel salaries are spread out here. But yeah, they, you know Curry still going to have his huge games, right? And when right. you get a price break like this, he's he's someone that has to be in consideration.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I, I think they've you know Durant and Curry both showed they can coexist. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they've looked fantastic this season Mm -hmm. um but i think they're going to definitely improve as as the year goes on and i think um yeah i I think he could be a great play at 8700
3: yeah clay thompson off to maybe a little bit of a rough start here Uh, i mean he had a good game uh, his second game of the year against new orleans 39 fan duel points just 14.2 in his most recent game here uh is there uh is there a merit to using him at 5800 tonight honestly i
1: I think he's an absolute steal at 5800 um Mm -hmm. You know, like we talked. If he's on,
3: he's on, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, he's been, on, like you said, he's been uncharacteristically pretty bad this season, um, especially from uh, three point. Um, he's combined to shoot just three for 21 from deep. All right. um, I mean, this guy's a, a career 41% shooter from outside. So, you know, I'm mm-hmm. saying, you know, shoot to get hot, shoot to stay hot. Yeah. Um, so he'll I, be getting there. Yeah, he'll, he'll be up there pretty All right. quick. I hear you. Anyone on the Blazers side you like? Um, McCollum. I, I do like CJ McCollum. Um, he's not that cheap, you know, 7,300. Kind of a mid-tier guy. Yeah, yeah, he's averaging 35.7 Fanduel points over the first three games. Um, he hasn't shot extremely well, you know, he's 43% from the field, um, but he has, he has shot 56% from deep, which is pretty darn good. Yeah, um, I'll take that. Yeah, and he's coming off the first double-double of the season Saturday against Denver, um, he had... 23 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 blocks, 3 steals, a ton of different, you know, categories in there. Yeah. Um he's usually a guy that relies um uh, pretty solely on points to 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 mm-hmm. feel his value. Um but yeah, early this season he seems to be, you know, filling it up in some of the other categories as yeah. well.
3: I hear you. So if you're going to use your, your McCollum's, your Steph Curry's, even your LeBron's, you've got to turn to a little bit of value here. And uh, according to Rotowire's Optimizer and, and just their value report, one of the top values of the day is Chris Dunn at $4,000. Ben, how do we get there?
1: Well, I mean, Dunn is definitely intriguing. Um, Ricky Rubio, the usual starter for the Timberwolves, yeah, he's he's out indefinitely with a right elbow injury. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that should give Dunn uh, the opportunity for extended action. I mean, he's a rookie. He's a guy that's it's, – it's a risk, that's for sure. You don't know what he's got. He, he hasn't seen extended minutes um, so far this season. Um, but, yeah, if you get a guy for 4000 in the lineup, you can um, – yeah. Maybe get some of those higher priced guys yeah. in there with him.
3: Gives yeah. you a lot of flexibility. I mean, yeah, I've been the college basketball editor for two years. Watched Chris Dunn very closely at Providence last year. A couple of things I know about him is that he played the point for them, but his rebounding numbers were excellent. He gets to the basket really quick, and that's huge for fantasy. So, yeah. in the three major categories, he can help you out in all of those categories. And if he's going to get the minutes, uh, you know, we'll, we have yet to see how the talent translates to the NBA. Right. But at four thousand dollars, someone who's you know less than half of what Steph Curry costs, you know, if he gets even 25 to 30 minutes he's gonna turn in a bunch of value yeah. on top of Dunn, are there any other uh, guys that you like in uh, particular uh, as far as value plays or just guys that are good plays on uh, Tuesday night
1: um I think Evan Fournier you know for he's 6,000 currently um he's mm-hmm. very affordable for a more than solid player um he's going against uh, a Sixers defense um, which isn't that great. Um, yeah,
3: I mean, we, we know what you get when you face the Sixers here. In right. Fournier, 29, 16, and 34 FanDuel points, I'm rounding there, but uh, that's his first three games, so that's looking pretty nice for him.
1: Yeah, and he's getting off a team-high 15.7 field goal attempts per game, so he's definitely going to get his looks, oh, yeah. so that's for sure. Yeah, you got to like him. Anybody else? Um, Yeah, one other guy I'd say look at Miles Turner. You know, mm-hmm. Again, he's not that. He's another mid, middle-tier guy, 7,100. Um, he's had an extremely strong start to the season. I think he's averaging around 41 FanDuel points.
3: Absolutely. And he's uh, coming off a 60.7 FanDuel point performance when he grabbed uh, 16 boards and posted 30 points against the Mavericks.
1: Yeah, and he he is averaging that double-double for 21 and 10. You know, he adds 3 3.3 blocks on there as well. Um, he's got a good matchup against the Lakers, who uh, is another team that's not the, you know, the greatest defensively. Yeah. Um, so I, and actually I do think that game is one of the top three for over-unders as well. So mm-hmm. I think that could be a, another good option to take Absolutely. for a big man.
3: Yeah. Go get yourself a piece. I watched a lot of miles Turner in college at, uh, I believe it's Texas. And, uh, he was one of those guys that, uh, in college, you, I couldn't use him in DFS college when that was still a thing because he'd get a couple quick whistles and then you'd have to sit a whole first half. But of course, again, NBA, the six fouls, you know, that's not as much of a concern. So right, you gotta love right. him, especially at 7,100, uh, being you know. a big man for Indiana. Well, yep. thanks for joining me, Ben. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on to talk some hoops with me. Uh, we'll ha- We'll try to get you on here pretty regularly on a weekly basis, some Tuesdays, maybe some Mondays to talk uh the big NBA. DFS slates. Fantasy football fans have all the victory every Sunday. FanDuel offers fantasy football for everyday fans. New contests starting every week to ensure no busted seasons. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score real time. New this year is an upgraded experience to give you even more contest variety. You can try beginner contests for new players only, settle a score with a friend in a head-to-head contest, try 50-50 contests where the first half wins cash play in larger tournaments for even more excitement and even play for just a the dollar there are choices for every budget ben and i getting in on the nba action here this evening uh with some of those value plays and of course uh, i think i'm gonna go after curry and uh, maybe some lebron as well once again uh, have all the fantasy that football has to offer FanDuel be sports rich Alright, oh, it's time to welcome back John McKechnie to the show where we're going to pick up with our week 9 running back discussion here, football focused the rest of the way out you can give John a follow on Twitter at Johnny McKex. John, I asked Ben, I asked the guys yesterday I got to give you a turn here uh, what was the highlight of your uh, Halloween weekend in Madison?
2: Well, Madison has this crazy event every year on Halloween called Freak Fest uh, they kind of just shut down State Street which is sort of the main drag of, of the mm-hmm. bars and so on, so uh, getting into- to get out there and experience that this year as opposed to last year when it was just freezing cold and I think I just waited in line for a bar for like 45 minutes last year so this year was a lot better um it was really packed out there and uh there's a Mm -hmm. performer named Anderson Pack, and uh he was a lot of fun to watch so that that was probably the best time or the best uh moment and then uh, the best costume I saw was this girl uh, dressed as Eleven from uh, from Stranger Things. She oh, had, nice! She had like, the blonde blonde thing going, and she had like she used some
3: lipstick to recreate like the, the, the nosebleed. nosebleed. Yeah, nice. That, that's so, awesome. There, I, that I saw a lot good. of parents like putting their uh, or uh, on the internet yesterday. It was all over the place where they'd have their baby dress up as Eleven or yeah. something like that because it just worked out perfectly with the hair and whatnot. But yeah, probably winning Halloween with that costume this year for Definitely. sure. I thought that was the best I saw. Yeah, great conversation starter. All right. Well week nine running backs it's time to talk about a uh, slate where there are a lot of teams on bye weeks but uh, let's start off with this Thursday night game and kind of play st- starter fate I guess you could say with the uh, the running backs in this situation the Atlanta Falcons are going to Tampa Bay where they are three point favorites, the over-under on this game, 51.5, one of the heavier ones on the slate outside of the Green Bay Indianapolis game, but you've got guys, Devontae Freeman at 7,600, uh, Jacquez Rogers dealing with a foot injury at 6,900. I'd say right now, if I had to guess, he's not going to play. Yeah, same with short Doug. turnaround yeah. On, and a foot injury, that's just exactly. really a lot to ask. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with Doug Martin. I don't think he didn't practice Monday. He's got that hamstring injury. He's 6,500. Same with Tevin Coleman, basically 5,800. Uh, and then you've got Antoine Smith and Peyton Barber at fifty four and fifty three hundred, respectively. Yeah. I mean does this anything about this make you want to go out of your way to play the Thursday slate and if you are playing the Thursday slate any of these guys you're looking at yeah what bums me out is that all these guys are hurt pretty much because
2: this is one of the few weeks where where you know we get a matchup you know over-unders over 50 so you you want to kind of get in on the on the action here but you, you it's hard to figure out where to start I mean Freeman would obviously be be the easy choice or if you just wanted to go all Pass catchers or quarterback, I guess. Mm-hmm. If you if you're playing this, um, but if I were to pick a running back right now, I'd probably go the Antone Smith route. I, I like Peyton Barber, and I, I'm always you know a fan of the rookies in general. But I just feel like. Uh, the the Tampa Bay coaching staff would probably lean more heavily on Antone Smith than Peyton Barber mm-hmm. in this game if it were to come down to it with Rodgers and Martin p- potentially being out. Mm-hmm. So I would probably lean Smith here if I were if I were going to try these but you know that's definitely a gpp thing that you're going to yeah. need to monitor throughout the week, make sure the injuries are lining up in your favor first.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say it's, it's a total GPP thing because you just don't know entirely. You have to have all the injuries fall into your favor, and then you have to have Anton Smith getting the majority of the carries, which he did get carries over Peyton Barber in week eight. And then, of course, he needs to get a handful of targets. So there's a lot of things that need to fall into place, but I see the GPP consideration here. Uh, well, once again, week nine buys. you've got David Johnson in the Arizona Cardinals. Won't get to talk about him. He usually falls into the, the top tier. Jordan Howard coming off an excellent Monday night game for the Bears. They're also on buy. Uh, Of course, Jeremy Hill, Gio Bernard, and the Bengals coming back from London, they're on a bye. Lamar Miller to get some much-needed buy for the Texans to kind of heal up and deal with his Mm -hmm. injury. The whole James White, LeGarrette Blunt, New England combo, also going to be on a bye. And uh, thankfully for fantasy owners, we don't have to sort out the mess of the Matt Jones, Chris Thompson, Rob Kelly situation, as Washington returning from London will also be on a bye. Let's talk about the top tier backs, John. Uh, there's only one back that is 9000 and up, and that is Ezekiel Elliott, who heads to Cleveland. He is priced at 9200 Is Ezekiel Elliott worthy of being on a tier of his own?
2: Yeah, I mean, at this point, uh, I, I don't see how anyone can deny that, that he's one of the best backs. And, and certainly with David Johnson uh, on a buy this week, he's, he's definitely the best back on the board right now, especially going against a team like Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't think there's really much question about that. I think there's a reason why it's 500 bucks between
3: him and, and Le'Veon. Yeah, there's only a handful of teams that are giving up uh, double-digit rushing touchdowns. The Browns also 4.8 yards per carry, so it's a team that you want to target. Jamie Collins did get traded to the Browns. Imagine that. Go to bed seven and one, wake up 0 and eight. That's got to be so brutal. <laughs> it's going to be terrible. And then I, I don't know, man. As
2: far as the impact that he has immediately, like mm-hmm. you know, this is going to be his first week on the team. And then doesn't it just make you feel oogie that like the the Patriots were willing to trade him? Mm-hmm. It, it sort of made me feel oogie when they when they traded away Chandler Jones as well, and Chandler yeah. Jones has actually played pretty well for the Cardinals, I think. But mm-hmm. uh, you know there there have been some some talk that like he was going to be really expensive, asking a ton of money, and the Patriots and and other teams' scouting departments didn't think that Collins had been playing particularly well this year. So mm-hmm. whether whether he kind kind of takes this as a wake up call or not, I'm not so sure, but I. For yeah. for this week, five it doesn't six scare days,
3: me. yeah, five six days is too early to jump in and turn around the Cleveland Browns. Exactly, yeah. it, it's just not not going to happen uh, because just like on the offensive side, there's playbooks and and plays and schemes that you have to learn. and And I agree that it was probably more of a financial decision here, um, you know. But you're right. He when he's at his best, he's a three down linebacker. He can run, rush the passer mm-hmm. and stop the run, so he's solid there. Maybe not the case this season here, but either way. Don't back off of Ezekiel Elliott just because they got another linebacker on their defense. Not enough time to fix... All of the many problems that the Browns are having here. If you do, if you do do the, if you do avoid Zeke solely because they have Jamie Collins
2: now, maybe just log out of your FanDuel account.
3: Yeah, for a little bit. Yeah, you might want to just like take a moment and sit on that here. <laughs> All right, but let's look at that second tier. The eight thousand, nine thousand. You got Le'Veon Bell, eighty seven hundred at Baltimore. Demarco Murray, who's dealing with a toe injury, is going to probably get a questionable designation. He's eighty one hundred at San Diego. Then we've got Spencer Ware, eight thousand against Jacksonville. Now he's dealing with a concussion. If he doesn't clear protocol. Ball. Chuck Hendrick West at fifty six hundred has to jump into one of the top uh, usage plays of the week. Yeah, absolutely. I
2: think I think, you know, not only with that matchup, but like that you know, we've always been wondering, you know, on a given week with the with the Chiefs running backs, like, who's it going to be? Or, or, you know, you wait for the clutter to sort of clear out, and when it does, it's it always works out really well. You know, like when Spencer Ware kind of got the nod week one, everyone was pumped, and it worked out really well. I think this could be a, a very similar situation going against a Jacksonville defense that's yeah. uh, not particularly good. I mean,
3: I watch Alex Smith. Of course, their quarterback is in concussion protocol as well. Nick Foles would step in. How that affects the run game, I'm not entirely sure. If anything, you'd think they'd be more inclined to go towards the checkdowns, which all these backs are pass-catching backs. Mm-hmm. That's how the Chiefs' offenses run. Exactly. Yeah. So there's uh, some, some. I mean of course FanDuel being half PPR, there's some PPR consideration here, a lot to like here. I know you like Le'Veon Bell, we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. Uh, DeMarco Murray, that's an interesting situation. Unfortunately right now it's a little bit too tough to call. The Chargers are not great against the run, but uh, DeMarco Murray having that toe injury. Yeah, you worry about his ability to cut and push off. Yeah. Well the MRI revealed no like structural damage with, with Murray, except the thing is, is are we going to get like a LaShawn McCoy game two weeks ago or some of those games where the guys healthy enough to be active but not healthy enough to be effective that's the most worrisome part and in being generally risk averse I like to avoid that situation yeah I guess the the
2: one maybe positive silver lining here is that he he played the Thursday night game last week so he's couple extra days to Mm -hmm. get to get healthy but i mean that's still a bit of a grasp at
3: straws yeah i mean i'll certainly be starting him in my season long league of course given that he's active but that's a whole different game that we're playing here Mm -hmm. let's look at the third tier 7500 to 7900 melvin gordon against tennessee 7800 i believe is still the league's leader in touchdowns then you got todd Gurley, 7600 against carolina Devontae freeman 7600 at tampa bay christine michael 7500 home against buffalo matt forte 7500 at Miami, of course Devontae Freeman in the Thursday night game. We already talked about that. Anybody else in this tier that you like at all? Ooh, this is a tier of, of guys that I've I'm kind of
2: souring on or already have soured on. I mean, I've been on record saying that how worried and disappointed I've been with with what's gone on with Todd Gurley this year. And I know they're coming off a bye and they they get to host Carolina at home, you know, so so Carolina's got to come all the way across the country. Um, but I just wish that it wasn't the Panthers. If it was like basically any other East Coast team coming out to LA to face. Gurley, a fresh girly coming off the bye. I'd be stoked to use him, but, you know, we saw what Carolina
3: was able to do to David Johnson last
2: week, so yeah, exactly. probably I mean, avoiding that at David all. David Johnson
3: was uh, still pretty effective in the passing game, so he ended up being, uh, at least in PPR formats, like 15 to 17 points, something like that, I believe. But, I mean, David jo- or um, the Carolina Panthers, you talked about the loss of Josh Norman hurting their passing game. They've been exposed in the passing game, but against the run, the Panthers allowing just 3.3 yards per carry, 80 yards per game, and five touchdowns on the ground. Only two. Two runs of 20-plus yards for the Panthers yeah, here. So what happens when you get Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis. Exactly, yeah. Those guys healthy uh, are going to stuff those run here. Let's go to the fourth tier, 7,000 to 7,400. LaShawn McCoy, hamstring, 7,400 at Seattle. One injury, he was inactive last week. Two, he's got the Seahawks. That's when you got to fade completely, yep, right? yep, off. All right, so moving down the list, Jay Ajayi, 7,100 against the Jets. Carlos Hyde has a very intriguing matchup against the Saints. The Saints and the 49ers, both of these teams in this game, are the two highest in fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs, but you've got a Hyde injury, so you're not sure about that. Then there's Devontae Booker, 7K at Oakland. He gets a $1,400 price increase probably after that huge ownership bump last week. Anybody you like in particular on that tier? Yeah, Booker seems like a little bit, but you know,
2: you you loved him at the value play at 5,600 this past week. I think pretty much everyone in the office had at least one share of him in their lineups across the day. Mm -hmm. Um, But Hyde is one that I'm interested in. It's going to be one of those things where I'm going to be you know waiting until eleven fifty-five in the morning you know with kickoff approaching lineup lock approaching on sunday morning until i make my decision and i guess it'll be a west coast
3: game so we might not know for sure by that point but uh, hopefully we do yeah. I do that all the time with my lineups. I have plan A and I have plan B. If Carlos Hyde is ruled active and he's healthy, this is the route I go. If not, then this is the route I go. Because say there was no shoulder injury in play, and by the way, offensive coordinator Curtis Modkins declined to update Hyde's status Tuesday. So Thanks, Curtis. Yeah, that, that's cool. Oh, no, I don't, I don't want to update his status. I guess he doesn't really have to technically. We'll, sure. we'll see practice reports here throughout the week. All other things equal no shoulder injury. Carlos Hyde falls into our chalk cash game 100% lock in of the day against the Saints. The Saints have just been terrible against the run. The injury just clouds things up. It just clouds things up so much that I'm probably going to avoid him, but I guess we'll wait and see here. Right. Tier 5 filled with a bunch of garbage really i mean yeah. 65 to 6900 ruling out Jaquiz rogers in the 39 game we already talked about that mark ingram's in the doghouse would be an excellent matchup against san francisco he's only 6700 but then there's the whole tim hightower factor right theoretic 6600 i cross him off my board because he's playing minnesota although jordan howard yeah, played yeah. well yeah. Jordan Howard played well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he played really
2: well last night. He was he was running like a beast, and uh, I, Riddick played really well uh, Sunday. I thought you know he was really multiple uh, as a pass catcher and and as a runner. I just Minnesota off a short week, and Riddick got eighty three percent of the touches out of the backfield. Like Detroit doesn't run that traditional. Like they they don't need Riddick to be that between the tackles guy. Mm-hmm. And I guess they could theoretically use Zenner in that in that role, and they they. Healthy Scratch Dwayne Washington. So it seems like it's the Riddick show there. So it's at 6,600. I know that Minnesota has been a team to really avoid, but they've been wonky since since their bye week. So, I, I mean... I th- I might think Riddick is like a guy that isn't going to be particularly highly owned because it is still a Minnesota defense that, mm-hmm. that scares people off, and right f- rightfully so for the most part. But, you know, I think Riddick, and then you also always mention the, the .5 PPR, and I think he can mm-hmm. easily get get you like six points that way or, or three points that way.
3: Sorry. Yeah, whatever the heck happened on the Vikings bye week is completely puzzling to me. It's, just, it's like they had some sort of weird love bolt 2.0 or who knows what the heck is going on there, but they just haven't looked like the same team as they were – prior to the buy here. Then also tier 5 as we move along. uh, There's a whole bunch of injuries. Doug Martin's in this tier. Mm. CJ Anderson out for the year. Don't put him in your lineups, obviously. Ty Montgomery's got that weird kidney thing. You're going to want to watch that. And Jamal Charles with the knee injury. All of those players are 6,500. So this middle tier uh, makes up just is full of injuries here uh so i'm essentially looking at this and saying just use terrence west at 6400 instead yep. right
2: yeah absolutely mm-hmm. he's still the he's still the lead dog in that in that uh offense and I'll, I'll get into
3: the rationale behind using him a little bit more in a minute yeah absolutely here so let's jump to our chalk plays of the day john if you're going to enter fan duels five dollar big double up or if you're a new player and are going to enter a one dollar 50 50 contest just to see how it plays out low risk i mean of course low reward in that format but low risk you want to build a lineup with a high floor uh what type of running back are you trying to lock into your lineup uh as a chalk plate this week i'm gonna go with Le'Veon bell I, I know
2: that that um you know it could be an easier matchup uh you, you wish it was but uh you know, you see that Baltimore is near the top, or it does have the top uh, run defense as far as DVOA is concerned from football outsiders, um, but I don't really think that that really matters when it's a guy like Le'Veon Bell. Because Le'Veon return, so. Bell
3: isn't a traditional running back. No. I don't
2: think those stats really apply to a guy like him. Exactly. And then, you know, furthering your point there, uh, the Ravens actually ranked 24th in DVOA against, uh, against opposing running backs when it comes to passing situations, and obviously mm-hmm. Bell is Excellent. He he can totally rack up tons of yardage uh, that way. The one question I wanted to ask you uh, how
3: to parse this out is, do you think it helps or hurts his cause if it's Big Ben playing? I mean, if I had to say buy, sell, or hold, I would say hold. I, I think uh, the, his usage, his touches, is going to be similar either way, and they, they've got so many wide receiver injuries that he's going to be involved in a big part of the passing game. Right. That I just I don't think the quarterback necessarily matters a whole lot. I mean, I guess if I would had to if I would have to pick, I would say Big Ben just because I think the offense would produce better as a whole. Mm-hmm. and then they'll score more points, and maybe that leads to more carries in the second half for Le'Veon Bell. That's true. I think th- but it's a matter of game flow, not necessarily the quarterback and their skill affecting Bell's output. I'm, I'm more worried about, I think Big Ben can put more points on the board, which in effect is good for Bell, but playing from behind is also not bad for Bell because he can be used in the passing game. So well, it's a two- He point. won't have to worry about that. I am certain of that. My dad's going to be in town. We're just going to be watching it miserably. Oh, the Ravens, that's right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you. You're from, I forget that you're uh, from out there as a Ravens fan. Uh, my My chalk play. I think this is a week where it is perfectly acceptable to go ahead and pay up, pay your $9,200 for Ezekiel Elliott. These guys at FanDuel are pretty smart. There's a reason Zeke Elliott is number one overall, sitting at $9,200. I mean, mm-hmm. this Cleveland game, we mentioned how Collins probably isn't good. It's not going to be quick enough to affect him just yet. And I just think that Zeke's going to run all, all over these guys. NFL leading rusher, and I, I'm willing to bet that by the end of the year, he'll have caught and surpassed Melvin Gordon as the leader in touchdowns as well. Uh, you know, got a few vultured early in the season, but not going to him as the feature back. He's going to be good to go. I think I'm going to save money in my cash games by rolling with Andrew Luck at 8000 maybe one of his lower priced receiver options that frees up cash for a guy like zeke elliot and we'll get to some gpp plays in a second because if you pair ezekiel Elliott from one with one of these potential value plays uh then there there might be some big opportunities there and it'll help you stay within your budget here so speaking of those gpp plays john anybody uh jump out at you in particular well we talked about
2: charkandrick and and uh i think that he's he's a definite lock if um if wear is ultimately ruled out with that concussion. Uh Henry Henry's a guy that I'm interested in because DeMarco, you know, even if he is able to play, it might be one of those things like you said, he might be limited and or he gets on the field tested out in in game action, it's not as not as uh responsive as he was hoping. I thought Derrick Henry looked really good against the Jags last week even though uh you know, when you look at it he only had 3.8 yards per carry. I I wish his matchup was a little bit better. I think San Diego is one that I would have targeted a lot harder earlier in the year, but now Bose is there. Uh he really sets the edge really well. But I think that Henry's a guy that if he gets the requisite amount of touches, I think he can actually do some damage and the price is price is obviously right. And then uh Terrence West, uh coming off a bye um against a pretty middling run defense in Pittsburgh. Um basically I just hope um for not just the Ravens sake, but for Terrence West and fantasy owners sake that Baltimore realizes that it shouldn't be Joe Flacco throwing it 45-plus times a game. He shouldn't have to lead the league in passing attempts when he also is at the bottom of yards per attempt, although Wentz might have skewed that this week by just throwing it, like, one yard per attempt. But, Mm -hmm. you know... Regardless, point remains, I think that West is a guy that that should see an uptick in carries after only seeing like eight Mm -hmm. touches out of the backfield before the bye week against the Jets.
3: And the Steelers are giving up 4.7 yards per carry to opposing backs here, so that's kind of right among the worst in the league, a little over 100 yards per game, Six. Rushes of more than 20 yards allowed and uh, eight touchdowns allowed on the ground. So not among the league's complete worst, but still bottom third of the league. And I also really like Derrick Henry. I think as it currently stands right now, he's in GPP plays consideration. If something were to happen this week or Sunday morning where DeMarco Murray was ruled out for whatever reason... Derrick Henry elevates to your chalk cash play. You have mm-hmm. to use him in every single lineup because the skills are there. He's just waiting to get the opportunity. Mariota opens things up for running backs. in a similar way to, to Dak Prescott opening things up for Ezekiel sure. Elliott because he's someone that you need to watch in the, in the zone read scheme. I know that Mariota maybe doesn't have as many designed runs, but uh, I, I think he helps his backs, and Derrick Henry has the skills. And the offensive line's been playing pretty well. Yeah, so it I'm big on both of those guys. One other name I want to throw out there. Timmy Hightower at 6,100 at San Francisco. This guy had a huge game. Well, I mean stats wise I mean it was pretty much out of nowhere. yards out of Tim Hightower I mean that's yeah. crazy. Yeah you're not really <laughs> expecting that so yeah, maybe huge game is a little bit of an exaggeration but it was the Seahawks and 26 carries for 102 yards so slightly under 4 yards a carry but again the Seahawks and if he gets 26 carries Mark Ingram of course only carried the ball 3 times had a costly fumble in that game and pretty much got benched in Sean Payton's Oof. doghouse here so uh, I mean Mark Ingram I would imagine has some sort of role maybe it's an even split maybe not but at 6,100. I think you can get value out of Tim Hightower because this San Francisco 49ers run defense is the worst in the league. One hundred eighty. Wait a minute. That's real. Oh, holy cow. 185.1 <laughs> yards per game. <laughs> I, I had to double check if that stat's right here, but I am looking. I swear I'm looking at NFL.com <laughs> on the rankings, and this is real, guys. They've given up almost 1,300 total yards on the ground. That's 5.1 yards per carry, 11 rushes of 20-plus yards. That leads, leads the league, and they are also one of Excuse me, six teams to uh, allow double-digit rushing touchdowns. The San Holy Francisco smokes. run defense is one that needs to be targeted, no matter what. I mean, you could use Ingram and and Hightower in the same lineup here if you wanted to. I honestly wouldn't. That'd be kind of using that strategy because somebody there, somebody's going to get the carries to help them get ahead, and then once they get ahead. Then maybe they'll, they'll split things up a little bit. Now, this is a road game, and the Saints, you know, maybe sometimes questionable on the road. So you never really know for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think someone from that Saints backfield has to be in your consideration. I think so, too. so, maybe you avoided it in cash games, but try to pick one in your JPP lineups because if you pick the right one, you're putting yourself in line to earn life changing amounts of cash. Oh, yeah. Hopefully. All right, before we sign off, we have a special offer for new FanDuel users. Get a free six-month Rotowire subscription with a $10 deposit on FanDuel. Go to fanduel.com slash Rotowire. Not only will you get the free subscription, but you'll have that $10 available to play with on FanDuel. That's over $40 in value for just 10 bucks. Again, go to fanduel.com slash Rotowire. If you're already a FanDuel user and still want to check out the website, be sure to go to rotowire.com slash pod. That's rotowire.com slash P-O-D for a free 10-day trial once again, I'm Jake Letarski. You can find me on Twitter at jakeski52. And I'm John McKechnie. You can follow me on Twitter at Johnny McKecks. The Rotowire Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast will return Wednesday with Paul Bruno and James Seltzer.